Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 140 of the Chick Foley Show. Man, we are only 10 episodes away from the big 150. We got 10 weeks left to uh, to prep for this milestone episode, Sheen. We got to do something big. I know. We're going to have to throw, throw a 150 party. I don't know I don't know what the proper uh, protocol is for your 150th uh, episode, but I'm sure others have gone before us. So we'll have to ask them what they did for their episodes. I think for uh, for 151, for the beverage break, we're all going to need to take a shot of some uh, Bacardi 151. What do you guys oh, think? That, that episode should get interesting. <laughs> you down, Marco? Never. Never down for that. That's a, that's a bad thing waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to jump the gun. Let me introduce the stars of our show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. Got a cold beer. Uh, it was a hot day outside. We got in a nice sweat doing some yard work, and then we took a nice nice shower and cracked this cold beer open, ready to talk some wrestling with you guys. So it's it's a good night. And Marco, how is life up in Massachusetts? Going good. Um, I'm actually trying to think of ideas for that episode, that 150th episode. Maybe we could do like a virtual keg stands or something like that. That'd be pretty fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> We'll come up with something. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And you can join our Foley fam over on Facebook at chickfoleyshow.com. We just released our Royal Rumble 1993 watch along. And uh, we are putting together our part one of our top 25 best tag teams ever episode. And that'll be dropping at some point next week. So make sure you're looking out for that. Yeah, we're throwing a ton of TLC into uh, this series of best tag teams episodes. The the votes were tallied from all the Foley fan members, and I, I really think it's got the potential to be the best set of Chick Foley Show podcasts that we've ever done. No pressure. Uh, you heard, yeah, yeah, no pressure on us. You heard Sheena mention the Facebook group. If you are a figure collector at all, you need to be there. We have been eating when it comes to these WWE Legends figures. I think oh, yeah, pretty much yeah. everybody, you know, we're a little over 200 members in the group. And I think damn near everybody that wanted a set of legends has got one between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jordan Wells, the fig gods leading the way. But really, everybody's been coming up, hitting hitting the pavement and, and grabbing these figures um, for for everybody that, you know, may not have access to a solid target or is overseas. Another, you know, we got people from Canada. We're shipping these things across borders. We're making it happen for them. Um, yeah, so definitely hit it up. And that's just in addition to just the really fun community we have, man. Like, yeah. it's just, it's we just a fun place people. to, uh, to keep up, you know, everybody shares stuff they got going on with their families and everything. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, speaking of what community, Marco, tell the listeners about the pod foundation. Oh man, the pod foundation, like I said before, is the greatest collection of wrestling minds since the NWO. Um, <laughs> always. That's, that's, that's a tagline for the, uh, yeah. the pod foundation. Marco <laughs> knows how to put us over. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we have the uh, Turnbuckle Tavern. Um, so they cover everything AEW, uh, NWA, and Impact Wrestling, as well as indie wrestling. So obviously we cover a lot of wrestling, uh, but they get into the nitty gritty of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, different organizations. So definitely check them out if you want to get more in depth um, uh, with those organizations. Uh, next up, 
we have pyramid wrestling, which is all figure based. So obviously we touch on figures. Uh, we do a few stories here and there, but they deep dive as well as same thing as turnbuckle time. They, but they deep dive into these, into figures and stuff like that. So anything figure related, uh, that's the show you want to go to, to get that. And then remember like back in the day when you just like hang with your friends, watch some pay-per-views on VHS. Yeah, VHS. Maybe even try the moves. Yeah, I mean, they would try the moves on each other after after the pay per view. Like, I know I would. Me and my friends would just try to throw a sharpshooter on a figure four, (laughs) maybe even a choke slam here or there. But that would be the extra cooler show. I don't think those guys do that. I hope not. They're you know they're they're adults, so they're not watching. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I'm sure they do. I could I could totally see like you know Jim or Nick. Matt putting Nick in a uh, figure four sharpshooter something Doing like that. Device. Yeah, <laughs> Nick just super kicking people. Oh he's yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Shawn Michaels fan. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to uh, hit up Extra Cooler and get all the get the reviews of the yesteryear of the yeah. uh, of the golden age of uh, of wrestling. So yeah, but that, that rounds out the uh, Pod Foundation. Yeah, and you can follow on Instagram at Pod Foundation for a one-stop shop to keep up with all the latest content from all four of uh, you know the shows. We debuted our the video format of the Chick Foley Show last week. Um, again, you know, I threw a, the beta tag on there when we loaded up because it's still in testing. We're not doing video this week. We're still kind of ironing out the kinks to make sure that we bring you guys the best product possible because we don't want to roll out something that's you know half-ass. So. We're still working it out. Video will be back maybe next week, maybe the week after, but uh, it's still a work in progress right now. It's um, yeah. Thanks for all the feedback, guys. All the people that watched it said they really enjoyed it. So we're definitely working on making it happen for you guys every week. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's just we're just testing things out right now. We want to make sure that we're not um, sacrificing the content for trying to push stuff out on video. Yeah, and uh, we also want to thank you guys for the feedback on the leaner and meaner version of the Chick Foley show that we debuted this week. We're uh, we're going to keep that rolling this week. Marco, did you get any good feedback on uh, from the Twitterverse on the the slightly tweaked version of the show we debuted last week? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. At uh, you know, it's I think the show likes to, we like to hit refresh sometimes and uh, you know change things up a bit. And I think yeah. I think a lot of people appreciate that. Um, because we talked about this before, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of wrestling podcasts, there's a lot of figure podcasts out there and stuff like that. So you want to you want to try to make things different and where we we touch on a lot of different subjects, not just only figures and not just wrestling. But right. we talk about like life stuff too sometimes. So um, I think, yeah, a lot of people really like the fact that we kind of, you know, made it short and sweet in that sense. So you can watch the video format and not, you know, not sit there and like waste a bunch of time like two hours yeah we made it we um, made it co- we made it commute friendly for you guys so that yeah. way, i mean obviously you're not gonna be watching it on youtube commuting i hope, yeah. I hope to god but don't, don't be oh, yeah well, I, don't, I don't condone anybody watching youtube while you're driving to work but uh yeah, you could definitely listen to the audio format <laughs> while you're driving <laughs> and you guys heard if anybody from wwe and specifically at nxt is listening you guys heard marco said we like to refresh it from time to time we don't straight yeah. up just scorch the earth but uh yeah we'll say that yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes uh oh, she you want to give away some figures let's do it all right so last week we announced we were going to be giving away top picks drew mcintyre it's a really great figure it's from his look at the royal rumble earlier this year or actually no it's from the 2020 royal rumble when he uh he won to punch his ticket to wrestlemania and all you had to do was send in a screenshot of yourself listening to the podcast so Shane, you ready to do it let's do it Congratulations. 
congratulations to at Balor Boy Figs. Make sure you hit us up and send us your address uh, and we will get this shipped out to you. So that's at Balor underscore boy underscore figs. Uh, congrats, man. Yeah. And we're going to keep the giveaway train rolling. Next week, we are giving away a fan takeover Christian. So this is, at least for the time being, this is going to be the last ever Christian figure. You cannot get this. uh, It's not in stock anywhere anymore. Um, Really cool looking figure. For this one, we want you guys to leave a review on iTunes. All right. So we just debuted the new format. We're trying to drum up a little bit more. Uh, interest in the show those reviews they kind of feed into apple's algorithm and it'll start spitting us out as a um, recommendation for people who are you know may already be listening to wrestling podcasts and are looking for something new so yeah we've been gaining listeners every week so we want to keep that momentum going and uh, you guys could really really help us out by just dropping a dropping a quick review or updating the review that you've left previously yeah, so that's why, because I used to be the same thing. I'd always hear podcasts like begging for reviews, and I was like, "Why? what does this even matter? But if you look into a little bit, the, those reviews are really what kind of feeds what gets promoted a lot on Apple. So help us out. Drop a review. Shoot a screenshot to, uh, to Sheena or Marco. If you've already left a review, just go on, make a couple edits, and send it, because it will still register as a new review. Or, you know, grab your, your girlfriend's phone, grab your boyfriend's phone, brother, sister, mom, dad, whoever. Grab a friend's phone. Leave multiple reviews. If you if you leave a couple, you'll get a couple entries into the, uh, the contest, because this is a really sweet figure. And like we said, for the time being, at least, this is going to be the last Christian that we ever get from Mattel, and we will yep. announce the winner at the start of next week's show. We want to remind you guys to always use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles for all your wrestling figure purchases. And are you guys ready to get into the story of the week? Let's go. Let's do it. Wow. (laughs) Silence. Silence. We're gathered here today to pay our respects to NXT as we know it. Mm. Very, very sad day for wrestling (sighs) fans across the world. Nice sound Uh, drops, Seth. Yeah, I thought you guys might like that. You know, this this is a big thing, man. NXT has been the most... I mean, obviously, AEW's been great the last two years, but (laughs) since I got hardcore back into wrestling in 2014, NXT has been the most consistently great thing to watch. Um it, ha- it really broke right before we recorded last Friday night. About it started with Bronson Reed getting released, and then come to find out that you know there was it ended up being about ten people from uh, from NXT at all different points of the card. You know there were some some mid carders, some people who were still in developmental, but names that we knew that got released. And then uh, over the weekend, it came out. You know, Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer, he reported that um, you know behind the scenes, the big talk is that they're basically totally revamping NXT. It's going to be a different look, different presentation, different lighting. Um, supposedly, Triple H is no longer even in charge at NXT. They said, uh, you know, we don't use this term, but this was an exact quote. No more midgets was one of the quotes that came yeah, out of it. And no one, no more no one, uh, bringing, yeah. bringing in guys who are already 30 years old to start up. They're basically taking it back to the old school style of, uh, of developmental, trying to build people from the ground up and, um, and then make a box office draws for a long time. It's no longer going to be, you know, like WWE's version of the indies. So, uh, Sheena, I'll toss it to you first. You know, with all the information we have right now, what is uh, what is your take on this? 
I mean, I'm just sad. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's the end of an era for sure. Like you said, we kind of got back into this, you know, 2014 and NXT was right on the come up. Um, And like you mentioned, it's definitely been the most consistently good product, um, especially with like the takeover events and whatnot. Um, And it just kind of I think when when things were really slow with WWE at times during this last, you know, six years or whatever. Uh, the NXT has always been that anchor where you could hang on to. Like it, it kept me interested in being back in wrestling, you know, um, in, in the current product. I think NXT has just been like that anchor for me. And it's just sucks that it's, you know, it's no longer going to be the same. You know, the NXT that we've known and loved since its inception is just, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty much gone, you know. Um, and even despite its growth and move to like prime time, you know, I, I hung on and it, the, I'll go on record and say I never wanted that to happen. Like when, if you guys remember when NXT was making that move to go to TV, I was like totally against it. You know, I wanted it to remain a network exclusive. Clearly, we don't have the network anymore, but I didn't want it to go on TV. But, you know, I got on board because I didn't want it to be a wet blanket. And I was like hoping for it to succeed and be a true third brand. Um, unfortunately, you know, they, they barely even got their feet off the ground before like the pandemic era happened. And I, I truly believe that, NXT suffered the most from the whole pandemic situation. I feel like their product really, really, really out of all of the brands that, you know, had to make adjustments and all of that. I feel like the NXT product kind of really, um, it just didn't feel the same, you know, in the. Yeah, that full sale crowd was just such a part of the act. You know, you yeah. have the same thousand or so people coming to the shows every single week. So super passionate. They really got behind these guys and the people that got over like they were they were really, really over. You and know? that's the thing about that NXT crowd is like they got people over that, you know, probably wouldn't have been over in any other capacity. Right. People that, you know, you think of as like big, huge stars and like, you know, if they ever came to the main roster, if they came to the main roster, they didn't really resonate. But they were such big stars in NXT because of the crowd. The crowd loved them. You know, they always had signs. They always had merch. Uh, it just I don't know. I, I, I hate. I hate this. And, you know, it makes me really wonder because they're really cutting the fat and getting rid of all of these guys. And what does this mean for guys like, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, Ciampa has been on the record saying that he doesn't want to go. Like he he was like, I, if I have to go to the main roster, I'll just resign from WWE. Like, I don't want to go to the main roster. I want to stay in NXT. So what does that mean for guys like Gargano and Ciampa, right? Like that that don't want to go to the main roster, but like now are they just going to like job out to these newcomers, you know, to try to get them over? Like, I don't feel like that's a good place for them either, you know? So I don't know. I just, I know they're trying to build homegrown stars and whatnot, but it just feels like, (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's a sad, sad day, honestly. For what it's worth, you know, Uncle Dave, he's been wrong as shit before. Um, the show Tuesday night was still like pretty much a normal episode of NXT. A ton of people were gone from all the people being released and everything, but it still seemed like the NXT we know and love. So there's always the chance this could pan out to be nothing, but there's definitely a ton of smoke um, right around this. Word, and- on, word on the street, obviously this is all hearsay, but like word on the street is that the the crowd was really, really upset. Obviously, the, you know, they know that everybody's been cut. Um, and the the stars backstage you know the the talent backstage they were all kind of like down and out so i feel like that's really going to impact the product because they don't think i mean nobody's safe i mean all these guys like what what's the point of them going out there and giving it all and putting their body on the line knowing that literally like they could come in tomorrow and just be like handed like a pink slip until they get the hell out you know so i it's i feel like that's going to have a huge impact on the way people go out and perform and how much they actually put into 
the product and how invested the fans get. The fans aren't going to get invested in somebody knowing that, you know, they could be cut tomorrow. And then if it's just going to be developmental, you know, like strictly developmental, again, what's that mean for all these NXT vets that, you know, have really carried that brand to be the the powerhouse that it is today? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have quite as bleak an outlook on it as you do. I think I think the wrestlers are still going to do what the wrestlers do. That's almost always one of the most consistent parts of pro wrestling. The guys going out and performing in the ring. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just worried that you know that maybe since they already had so much stuff in motion, we may be heading towards takeover being like the finale of NXT as we know it, and, and that might be why you know Tuesday night still seemed like somewhat of a normal show. Um, Marco, what did, what's your take on all this, man? Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, it, you guys just made me sad just talking about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, I, I, I wasn't trying to bring I'm kind of down. in wait and see mode. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, Bronson Reed was a bummer, but I wasn't too sad to see. There's nobody else that I feel like I'm going to miss, well, you know. And like I, know, I said, I mean, Tuesday I night that. was still a good show. It still ended with Pete yeah. Dunn standing tall at the end of the night. So. Yeah, um, I just feel I'm like so down it's with just, it, but yeah, she, yeah, she really laid it she off. Just, like, she just <laughs> brought everything down. Like, yeah. I know. Um, I don't think it's Cancel the it, rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Geez, it's set the tone. Why don't you? Well, listen, uh, no, you, you played that music. It, the music really set the tone for me, man. It, <laughs> it's all, I'm gonna. It's your fault, Seth. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it does suck. Um, I've been I've been thinking about like a bunch of different scenarios. Uh, with NXT and where it's going to go with the performance center and all that and all that stuff. And, you know, the, I think the, I think the thing is like Sheena mentioned, once it hit TV, um, that's when I don't want to say it was the downfall of NXT. Um, but they hit TV obviously when there was no AEW um, present on TV. So, you know, they were, they, they had a good chance. Yeah, um, they had about was, a month lead up before uh, Dynamite debuted. I think. And yep. let's not forget that they, when they were a, a WWE Network product, they were two hours, which is so much more digestible, and no, it's no, so no. much they were more. One, you mean they were one? Oh, sorry, hour. They're, sorry, they were yeah. one hour. My yeah. bad. Yeah, they were one hour, and then they they expanded, and I feel like the that really hours. that really like showed a lot of weaknesses for. Yeah, they for expanded, NXT. and they had the uh, the pressure of delivering a TV rating every week, so they were especially in the early days of it, they were kind of hot shotting into big matches that normally would have been saved for a takeover or we would have right. seen get a two or three week build up on the old NXT. They were just coming up out of nowhere, which yeah. it was cool. But at the same time, I kind of missed it because NXT on the one hour NXT on WWE Network was like you said, Sheen, it was just excellent, man. It was yes. the best thing to look forward to every single it, week. You get in, fans. you have fun and you get out. And that's what she you, said. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what too? I think, I think, you know, the, the inception of NXT was, you know, to be that alternative uh, for the, you know, the the fans of WWE that wanted to see like kind of like the indie type wrestling, right? Um, and you know, at, at the time when it was when it was started, obviously, it, I mean, indie wrestling was huge. You had what was that like? It was like 2013, 2014. So you had, yeah, you had the PWG Bullet Club happening. Yeah, ROH was like pretty much all those organizations are on fire. So like, obviously, you know, WWE wanted, you know get a part of that, like that action. Um, but, you know, just fast forwarding now, not saying the indie scene isn't as, I mean, it's not as big as it was when, you know, when this was all happening. So like you get, you get to take into effect that like, it's going to, that's going to happen to NXT too. It's since it was seen as kind of like an alternative to indie and where indie wrestling is now, as opposed to it was back then, it's not as. Well, promising. I mean, AEW came along and I mean, it really, it really soaked up a lot of the talent pool. 
You know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like that, you know, the indies are still rebuilding from AEW mm-hmm. coming along and really just sopping up all of the, the major talent that was out there. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it seems weird to think WWE is doing the same thing, but you know, they're, they're feeling the same effects of mm-hmm. AEW taking up all the talent from the indies. Like they, you know, they had the chance to grab like Kenny Omega and the young bucks and Cody and, and, and keep Jericho if they wanted to, but right. they opted not to, um, or, you know, I mean, with Jericho, they opted not to, but like everyone else was pretty much like, I'm not going back there or I'm never going to go there, that type of right. thing. So they kind of felt the effects of that as well. So, I mean, the positive side to it is, you know, you. my thing was like, you won't be, if, if, if you don't see any of these people, they're just at the performance center, um, you know, trained to get on the main roster. You're not, I think the whole thing was we had so much um, emotion and so much like feeling into these guys and, and, and ladies, um, just seeing them on TV week to week, that we now we become invested in them. So it's not even going to be televised anymore. I don't, like I don't think even, no, they're not. No, they're, they're going not, back to like, like old school. Like it's a performance center. Like it sounds like yeah. If everything comes to pass, they're going really going back to the old school way of developmental. You yeah, know, just and building I a think, guy, girl. Yeah, I think who we have to monster. blame for this man is. Uh, is Roman Reigns. All right. So, so hear me out. Think about all the people. (laughs) Listen, listen to me, hear me out. So think about all the people that have gotten called up from NXT over the past, you know, five or six years since it's been huge. Who's really been a box office draw? You know, you got, you got the four horsewomen. I would say they are. And then I would say Roman Reigns, man. I think Roman Reigns is the only big draw. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns um, is a guy who really had minimal, minimal wrestling experience. I think he may have just, you know, went to wrestling school and then got signed by WWE developmental. Now that's parallel to, um, if you go back to 2001 and 2002, the old school style of developmental in Ohio Valley wrestling. Yeah. That that class, they had four guys, man, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Batista. Um, and all four of those guys were the same thing. They were either like no training or very, very minimal training before WWE signed them. They built these guys from the ground up in their image, and all four of those guys became gigantic um, box office draws for moving tickets. So I'm thinking that whoever is in Vince McMahon's ear right now, they've told him that that's the way. Like, let's stop bringing in these guys from the indies who got their own way of doing things and their own their own built-in fan base that shows up with them that has their expectations, you know, because that's another problem when these, you know, these guys that we know and love, um, they have their, it's really a burden, the amount of love and expectations we put on them because it's like if, for a lot of fans, if the guy's not, you know, beating Roman clean at WrestleMania, the WWE's not using them right, you know? Well, what, um, I mean, what I do you say about Bray him. though? I mean, Bray was brought up through the system, you know, and I mean, they just cut him yeah. off. Like what's yeah. the, that's true. And Braun Strowman. Yeah, and Braun. He was he was a product of WWE, yep. you know, straight from the freaking WWE machine. I mean, yeah, I'm I, just telling you what they're thinking. I'm not saying they're right or wrong for doing this. Yeah, and there's always going to be guys that get cut, you know. Um, but um, but uh, I'm thinking. I'm just saying that I think that's what their mindset is right now. That's why they're going back to this uh, to to this old school style. Yeah, I mean, of developmental. especially. I mean, if that if, is, the, if the quote if the derogatory quote is true, then that's definitely what they're doing. I mean, they want like a certain image you know yeah, that they're, they that they're like looking the, for a certain body type yeah, and a certain you, the, you know physique and presence yeah. but i just feel like that's so limiting i feel like when everybody's big then nobody looks big you know like what's the like you know when you got a guy like brock lesnar fighting daniel bryan it may it really makes daniel bryan look like a badass when he overcomes 
the Goliath, you know, but if right. you just got a bunch of freaking, you know, beef in there, it's just like, I mean, yeah, sometimes that's entertaining, but I mean, I feel like if everybody's just gigantic gladiators, then, I mean, that's going to kind of lose its yeah. appeal after a while, you know, it's not going to yeah. be, a, it's not going to be so exciting to watch. I'm only going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of counter what Seth said with uh, Roman, all those guys were in, they were FCW before it was NXT. True. So that was, that was kind of the different, that was the, that was the changeover from OVW. So you really can't blame Roman Reigns for that. I mean, and, and obviously like, um, Batista was in, in, uh, um, OVW and, you know, like, so it, it seems like they want like to recreate a, like a Randy Orton, a John Cena, Brock Lesnar, like you said, uh, yeah, Batista type of yeah, class, I'm just but that's a, once in, that's a once in a lifetime thing. I, I mean, I don't think that you're ever going to get a class that talented. No. And again. I mean, that, the, the product's just different now. I just feel yeah. like it's totally different. What people are looking for is different. Like it's yep. just, you have to evolve with the times, you know, I'm not saying that Vince McMahon doesn't know what he's doing. You know, clearly he's run this wrestling business longer than I've been alive, but it's just, I just feel like when you're trying to recreate some magic from a long time ago or recreate like this era, like the steroid era from like freaking 40 years ago, like, I, I, mean, I just feel like what, it. you know, I don't know. It just seems a little out of touch to me. Yeah. I mean, you got to think too, like on the business side of things, let's take it to the, to that other side where obviously we're talking about the wrestling side, but for the business side, how much money is NXT making WWE? None. Exactly. So None. like, you know, you have like, obviously it's not all Vince McMahon. He has his uh, three, the three amigos, as I call them, uh, the three guys that are pretty much running the show right now for them. Um, namely Nick Khan is the, the head guy and you know he seems like he's just like whatever whatever money's being drained let's let's cut it and and get get the money back and I put know, it into but, something else I mean else. get the That's money back but I mean again they they had their most profitable year ever so it's like at this point you're just getting greedy at this point you're just turning into like bad business you know well, like, yes I just feel I, I I think there's a certain point where you have to show some compassion and like loyalty to your talent to the point where like, they're going to want to come back. Cause I think that's, what's going to happen with Adam Cole. You know, I know we haven't really brought him up yet, but I feel like why the hell would he stay around knowing that he could just get cut? I mean, unless they literally just like back some life changing guaranteed offer up to his door, like that he just cannot refuse. I would just be like, hell no dude. Like, you know, I'm going to go get my money over here. I'm still going to get my TV time. Um, and I'm going to be guaranteed where I'm not sitting back and catering and I'm not going to get cut in six weeks when you realize, yeah. you know, that, and, and say what you want, you know, there's the, the speculation that he had that, you know, uh, meeting with Vince on Friday during SmackDown and whatnot. And it went really well. And Vince, you know, uh, took a liking to him or whatever, but I'm like, he, no. dude, the only reason is because he has seen what AEW is doing with the talent that he's dropping. And he's afraid now that they're going to get, you know, Wyndham or Bray or whatever you want to call him. Um, and Daniel Bryan and the CM Punk rumors and all that stuff. He like Vince is spooked. Like you can say he doesn't care, but he's spooked. Like he's not. I mean, why else would he want to meet personally with Adam Cole and keep Adam Cole? There's nothing about Adam Cole that is like screams Vince McMahon. You know, it is. This is literally just like a power move or like a you know f u move. And I don't think I don't think Adam Cole is going to bite. I, uh, I, mean, it, I disagree. I don't think Vince is spooked by AEW. If I don't, he literally was on a um, an investors call and said, like, he basically taunted, said that, yeah, we're just going to give him some more talent. So I don't I, think 
Well, why, yeah, even, of course you would say I that. Think have, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna go on an investor's call and be like, "Oh God, yeah, what did we do?" Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck. but he's also not gonna. Go. Yeah, but he's also not gonna say that you know I'm gonna give him a bunch of talent and then actually go and do it. You know, he released Bray Wyatt like a week after he said that. And this, if you look at the dollars and cents of it, it you know, with the hardcore wrestling fans, I think AEW is running laps around WWE right now, but they're not a drop in the bucket compared to what WWE is doing on the global scale with all their various. Um, entertainment deals I, I don't know about this adam cole thing that was weird that vince wanted to meet with him after all the people he's cut like bray and Braun, who you'd think are like right up his alley yeah. um but maybe he took a shine to him you know we know how much he loves Shawn michaels he said Shawn michaels is like a son to him and adam cole yeah. is probably the closest thing we have to to a modern age Shawn michaels so yeah. maybe that's yeah. something you maybe never Shawn know and I mean, Shawn michaels ear. and triple h probably yeah i was gonna say planted a bug in vince's ear and you know i yeah. don't know but and we talked about it you know last week adam cole's I think pretty much at this point, I think you could say he's passed up Finn Balor and is the best NXT wrestler that we've ever oh, yeah. had. So maybe, yeah, you know, 100%. maybe Hunter got in his ear and said, you know what? Yeah, you can let all these other guys go. This is the one guy that we need to hang on to one way or another. Um, Marco, I'm going to give you the tough job, man. All right. You're always the kind of beacon of positivity. Spin this for us. Tell us how all of this news can end up being a positive for wrestling fans. Oh boy. About the, uh, so, I mean, I think I kind of mentioned it before that, you know, you know, they're not going to be – obviously, if they're not going to be on TV anymore, it's not going to be a televised show. Um, the, I think the, you know, the debuts of people that, you, that you're that going to hear from the Performance Center will be a lot better. Um, I think just having people on TV – having people on TV and then going to another TV show isn't the most, like, appealing thing, personally. So, yeah. like, when – so, for instance, when uh, Enzo and Cass, when they were on NXT – they weren't on USA Network yet. They were still right. on, you know, you had to pay to see them. So when they did show up, it was like a big thing. It was like, holy crap, they made it from this thing that we've never seen, that you can only see exclusively. Now they're on the big stage. So it made it more It made it more enticing. It made it more exciting that they actually showed up on TV. Whereas, you know, where it's, they, if someone's on TV week to week and they're just transitioning over to a new show and you really didn't care for them in the first place, essentially, and they weren't, you know, what's going to pull you in and be more invested in that, that person now that they're on like raw or SmackDown as opposed to NXT. I, I know, mean, but is this going to be something people are even viewing or is this literally just a developmental, no. like dark de- developmental territory? Wow, dark, it seems like it's going to be dark twister. developmental. Um, they're just going to build and then people will appear. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be old school. Like you'll start to get little murmurs of people getting buzzed at a developmental. Like this is going to be the guy to watch next year. And then all of a sudden a we see him show up on our screen. Like they, the other thing too, is like the other positive thing too, is that if they are trying to get like the most elite talent out there, now you're not going to know until they actually appear. And like oh, Cessa, come on. you might hear, you might hear murmurs and has, stuff like that. Has WWE kept a secret or had a surprise debut well, in like the last freaking three, four years? So if they're going old school, when you had a guy like Brock Lesnar show up on Raw and just destroy your whole whole roster, that was something big, essentially. So like you, you you've never seen anything like Brock Lesnar before on TV. Yeah, destroyed the Hardy match. Boys in his first match. Yeah, so like so something True. like that. You have like you have someone that you know that they find um, 
that just shows up on Raw SmackDown and just decimates Roman Reigns, for instance. But now they're so worried out. about ratings, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, remember how AEW was? Like, we got a big surprise. He's the biggest in the business. Tune in on Monday <laughs> to see who he is. He's a great guy. He's this. Well, like, you know, I just feel they like they had. Uh, be- remember, Braun debuted cold the night after SummerSlam 2015 yeah. on Raw. He came out of nowhere. That and was six us. years ago. Well, like, that's what I mean. If they're going old school, they might be, you know, trying to go back. To that, like, you know, not giving any information out. They know it's the information age. Like, you're going to find out about everything. Fans are smart. They're going to go search. They're going to go on whatever yeah. message boards. They're going to go on Twitter. They're going to go whatever, whatever they need to do get to get the most information that they can. But if they literally go back and, and just start from the beginning and just, you know, just start grooming everyone to I hope you're right I hope they they do do some surprises I I I love I've gone on record as saying I love a surprise like entrant or like you know a comeback or a return or whatever I hate when they spoil it and I get it from a business perspective they have to put eyes on the product you know and and sell tickets and all those types of things but I just feel like it's it's so cool when you just see that that crap just like explode on social media and like everybody's like, Oh my God, like, did you see that? And the people that missed it are really pissed that they weren't watching, you know? And that's, I feel like that's how you build interest in getting people to watch week to week is because you don't know what's going to happen when you, when you know that nothing is going to happen. That's not like been announced. Then it it just kind of like, it doesn't give you any urgency to tune in. But if you think like, Oh crap, you know, a Brock Lesnar type could just show up on Monday night and, you know, just start destroying people. That's going to, make you a little bit your ears perk up a little bit yeah um adam cole and kyle o'reilly were announced for a three stages of hell match coming up at takeover and it's being billed as the undisputed finale you know they're really laying it on thick it sounds like this might actually end up being the main event of uh of a takeover card with a couple of the huge title matches sheen i'm gonna put you on the spot yes or no (laughs) will this be adam cole's last match in wwe Yep. yep. I think he's gone after this. Again, I, I just, you know, circle back to all the things that I said before. And unless he's just got some life-changing guaranteed offer on the table, I feel like Adam Cole. And it would only make sense. You know, Britt Baker is over in AEW. Um, yep. You know, not that everybody that leaves WWE has to go to AEW, but I do feel like Adam Cole has some just already like built in storylines over there that would be really fun to watch and really interesting. He's got a lot of history with those guys over there. So I think it, I think it's going to be a good move for him. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's Adam Cole's swan song here at the WWE. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think kind of like you alluded to a little bit earlier in the conversation, unless Vince McMahon is just giving him some sort of just crazy life changing amount of money, or maybe they're, you know, guaranteeing him some sort of job where he can slide into a producer type role like what Sean and Triple H have been doing. Um, I don't see any reason why he should stay. I just, you know, straight up as much as, as much as I love Adam Cole, um, as much as I love Adam Cole, I don't, I just don't really know where he's going to fit in on the main roster on Raw and SmackDown. He, he is small, you know, I mean, not to, not that I really agree with WWE stance is saying like, you know, no more midgets or whatever, but at a certain point, you know, we talked about it last week. It's just, it's physics and it's believability. And I just, I don't see how he, Adam Cole beats somebody like Drew McIntyre or or Roman Reigns, you know? So, um, 
I don't know. What do you think, Marco? You think he's the you, baddest you, bitch on the block? You know what I mean? Like he, he's got <laughs> credentials. I feel like y'all, y'all are short selling Adam Cole. Like you, all, you always say that. Like I don't see how he could beat Roman Reigns or you know Drew McIntyre. How could he beat Roman Reigns? Dude, like, no one's how? Dude, Roman how beat how Daniel Bryan and Edge at the same time in WrestleMania. But Adam Cole, yeah, smashed him, stacked him, and pinned him. But dude, dude, how is Adam Daniel Cole Bryan beat free Goliath at WrestleMania? I mean, how did that? He did actually. That's so. I mean, Daniel. I feel like Daniel Bryan is like. Daniel Bryan's not like that he's a eight. giant, but he's bigger than Adam Cole. You yeah, know what no. I mean? Like, he's a yeah. lot bigger. Adam Cole is like, yeah, it's not so much like the height, but Adam Cole is very, very like skinny also, man. Like, Almost I don't know. Real. Yeah, I just, yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't see him coming in and taking out these freaking, these monsters on the main roster. Yeah, and he's 32, so he, he hits both of those criterias where they just cut people. So <laughs> he's, he's right in the middle of the diagram of the people they got in the crosshairs right now, man. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's, he's like, he's dead in the center of that. So, yeah. yeah. I don't see, I mean, like, like you said, unless they back the Brinks truck, truck up, and which I don't think they would. I think that if they did have a meeting, that meeting was just to, you know, yeah, it just doesn't something make sense. If they're, if, they're cut, if they're cutting a guy like Bray who sells just oh, no, he's a, an, obscene amount of, a, an obscene amount of merch, you know, for budgetary reasons and like put, put, puts butts in seats and all that kind of stuff, then I don't know why they would just, just interchangeably give that yeah. kind of contract to Adam Cole, you know? Yeah. So well, you also, I, you never want to make the mistake of, of trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. Like well, we're, that's true too. we're, we've been going on for the last 20 minutes. Like there's any sort of rhyme or reason to the, the decisions that David is making nowadays. That's true. You know? Yeah. Very true. We hit all angles though. Just so, you know, if someone is listening for the WWE, they'll, they'll take our words into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> so if, uh, if this really is the, the death of NXT as we know it, they're going out with a bang. That's why I said, yeah. you know, we should still, you know, hold back just a little bit because there's a chance that all these reports are just straight up bullshit. Because if you look at this takeover yeah. card we got for the night after SummerSlam, it is yeah, straight fire. So yeah, I'm going to quickly run down the card. We got uh, Walter versus Dragonoff, the, remit, the rematch from what That's was... That's going to be epic. Yeah, this was yeah. a candidate for, um, for match of the year last year, going at it yeah. for the NXT UK Championship. You got Karrion Cross going up against uh, Samoa Joe. This is going to be Samoa Joe's first match uh, since February of 2020. So, really, he's pre-pandemic, man. This is going to be his first match yeah. since the pandemic broke out. And they're going at it for the NXT Championship. Samoa Joe on TakeOver always delivers. That's going to be crazy. We got the breakup, you know, the modern-day uh, Sean versus Diesel. We got Dakota Kai going up against Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. LA Knight and Cameron Grimes going at it again for the Million Dollar Championship. And last but definitely not least, as previously mentioned, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in a three stages of hell match. So, yep. I mean, that card is insane, it's man. So all, they are going out. They're yeah. going out with with a bang. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this card, Marco? It's all main events. Each one of yeah. those could be. Each one of these could easily headline this pay per view, in my mind, anyway. I mean, if you want to argue the LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, you can, but the stipulation makes it a main event. Um, main event match but yeah no you can literally put any one of these there and it, i mean if this is the last takeover it is i mean it if you want to look at it this way it does look like it could be a last takeover the yeah. the, the amount of you know talent that is on this card and like i said they're all literally i can you can literally take any one of these and put them in the main event and it, it, it would it would they would all deliver um uh the obviously the highlight for me anyway is walter um and yeah, that's gonna be, gonna be excellent. That's gonna be a brutal match. Um, if you see the first one, um, 
yeah, you're in, you're in for a treat. Um, I have some choice words for Karrion Cross. I mean, he's. <laughs> I, I, I I mean, I think it's maybe him floating from Raw to NXT, and him not. I think you know what? If you want to blame somebody for NXT's failure, I'm going to blame Karrion Cross. Oh wow! Him being the last champion that they have coming off of Adam, <laughs> Adam Cole. Well, off of Keith Lee uh, yeah. from Adam Cole. I think. I mean, I'm being I'm being in my own honesty. Not really draw, not really doing it for me personally. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, haven't, been, I haven't been a fan. Like, I, mean, I was, I was interested, and then it just again, I feel like it lost its mystique. You so, know, it, they, they, it was overdone, and just it was just a little bit too much for me. Yeah, if you're if if you're Vince McMahon, you're sitting back and you're going, this guy is a guy you're putting NXT's like flag on. You put the flag in his hand, and you're having him. No, this is. I'm going to get rid of this, uh, this whole organization. He's a, he's a blame for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if he's going to lose the title to Samoa Joe. That's, that's neither here nor there. I haven't decided on that yet, but, um, no, any, any one of the, like I said, they're all main events. It's going to be an awesome takeovers. You know, I think the last takeover was, was like the only one in recent memory that wasn't the, the best of takeovers. Um, but, but it's I think still really great. The, Even when Takeover yeah. misses the mark, it's still better than like ninety five percent of wrestling out there. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is definitely going to be the probably the show of the year coming off of SummerSlam, depending on what happens at SummerSlam. Anyway, All right. So but, speaking of Takeover, there's been so 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 many classic matches over oh, the yeah. last uh, seven years. Mm-hmm. Sheena, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is your all time favorite NXT match? I'm going to have to go with Sasha and Bailey uh, at, at TakeOver Brooklyn. I just think for me, it was like when when women's wrestling really just kind of like came on the WWE map. Not that, you know, no shade to any of the women that were doing their thing, you know, in WWE prior to this. But I feel like this this really showed that women could main event. Even though this wasn't a main event on that the card, it like it yeah. stole the show. It won match oh, of yeah. the, you know, match of the yeah. year um that year. So it was just amazing, you know, and that like all the, the like the building blocks had been in place for the women to have a match like this, but like this just kind of like gave it its final form and it was just oh my god, it was just such a great match and pe- I mean, you can go back and watch it to this day and just be like holy shit you know so uh i I gotta go i mean there's so many i could i could go on about a ton of different matches but um i will just pick this one seth i'll just pick one option and i'm gonna (laughs) go with uh brooklyn uh sasha and bailey yeah that's a great choice i think that is it's not my pick but it's probably the consensus pick for the best women's wrestling match in the history of wrestling it was crazy uh, true but i think you know what's funny about that that you just said that i was gonna say like i think this is when people started to be like they wouldn't differentiate like this really put put a nail in the in the like where it was like oh no this was the best wrestling match that happened tonight like it wasn't the best women's wrestling match it was like the best wrestling match so i think that really kind of like set the stage for you know for women just being like on the same playing field as, as the dudes. Yeah. It was one of those rare moments in wrestling when it just perfectly lines up that the baby face is really peaking at their level of fan support and the heel is peaking at their level of fans hating them, you know, cause sometimes you catch it where the heel is starting to get a little bit of love and the baby face is getting kind of lukewarm yeah. or whatever, but it was just perfect. Everybody was hating Sasha for being so mean to Bailey and Bailey had just, you know, she'd come close so many times and fallen short. Yeah. Like, yeah, incredible. And and then the in-ring action um, totally paid off all the emotion that people had invested to it. So great choice, Sheena. Uh, Marco, that, that's a tough one to follow, man. What's your pick? 
Oh my God, geez, why, why would you do this to me? Um, yeah, there's way too many. I mean, I'm just gonna go because it happened in my in, in my area. I'm gonna go Samoa Joe winning the uh, NXT Championship. Um, that was at a actually house there show. Yeah, at a house it was, show. I, I remember was that when that happened. Yeah, yeah, I believe uh, that was actually in the same arena where Shawn Michaels lost his smile, man. Back yeah. in uh, back in ninety seven. Yeah, Shawn Michaels lost his smile and Samoa Joe gained a, a championship. <laughs> so it all evens out in uh yeah. in history. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with that as a safe bet. I was gonna I was gonna say uh Ricochet and Adam Cole because that match was pretty amazing as well. So for the uh North American championship. Yeah, that was a great one. Mine is from Takeover Philadelphia in January 2018. Uh, Andrade defending the NXT Championship against Johnny Gargano. That. It's so good. I love that yeah, match, man. Really so, like, I, I can never pick a favorite match. I kind of call it my – I have my Magnificent Seven, which is um, Bretton Owen in the cage at SummerSlam 94, Bretton Austin at WrestleMania 13, uh, Bretton the Bulldog at SummerSlam 92. You got uh, – the Ultimate six. Warrior and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6, Sean and Undertaker in Hell in the Cell at uh, Bad Blood, Roman and Brock from WrestleMania 31 with the Seth Cash in, and then the Hart Foundation versus Demolition at SummerSlam 90. That's my like seven matches I go to as my all-time favorite. If I ever changed the Magnificent Seven to uh, to the Elite Eight, I would add in that match because uh, Gargano and Andrade just tore the house down, man. There were so many little extra aspects with um, Zelina and Candice getting involved on the outside. Yeah. Crowd was going crazy, wanting to see Johnny Gargano win the belt, and he came up just short. And then at the end of it, we got Ciampa coming back to beat him down. Like, I don't know. I just love that match. I was always a huge fan of Andrade, and I was actually shocked to even see him become NXT champion when he beat Drew at the yeah. um, the takeover that, that prior November. So, uh, yeah, great match. Really, really fun. Um, we always got to keep the uh, the figures involved in the conversation here. You know, we're all huge figure fans. Uh, Marco, I'll kick it to you first, man. If there was one NXT figure that you could get made, what would it be? Man, because we didn't we didn't get it yet. Hopefully, we get it at some point. Definitely Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart with oh, the yeah. with the mini tank. That's a you, good. You def- that's a good one. Sh- with, it shoots a little rocket. You definitely have to. I think you have to go with that. That's. I think that was a. Uh, one of my uh, picks, early, I think maybe last year or the year before, we were talking about uh, any type of uh, NXT figure. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Shotzi. She's she's definitely, you know. Very it, toyetic. She's, yeah, and she's we, very And toyetic. we got to have the tank. You know, like the, the helmet, tank is just the, the yeah. perfect accessory. Yeah. The jacket, soft goods jacket, mm-hmm. all, all that. So, yeah, definitely definitely Shotzi Blackheart would be the would be the NXT figure that I would go for. If they ever brought the NXT line, I think that would be a great idea for an execution and as like a build a figure set, you know, like you could do four figures and each of them got a different part of the tank that you could just kind of snap oh, together. Yeah. That'd, be cool. Epic. That'd probably be the way to do it. I don't know if we could get Shotzi with the tank, just, uh, you know, know what we know about how the, the budget works on those lines. Uh, yeah, Sheena, yeah. what's your pick? It's funny that you mentioned Andrade from that um, takeover Philadelphia because that's the figure that I would get. I love that white gear that he was wearing with the lucha mask. Um, maybe it could be a two pack with Selena or like one of the mariachi uh, guys. You know, I yeah, thought that. Uh, yeah, I thought I want, that, like two of the mariachi guys yeah, in the background. Yeah, I thought that would be such a that such a cool one. Dope. Hey, yeah, honor, that, uh, honorable, hold on. Honorable mention really quickly is I got to go with Johnny uh, Gargano and Candace from Halloween Havoc when they were dressed like yeah, Jack Skellington and uh, Sally from um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I loved, loved, loved that gear. Granted, we'll never get it because of licensing, I'm sure, but I thought that gear was so awesome. 
Yeah, we may need to hit up somebody like uh, like Showstopper Customs to do uh, that Andrade because you remember that Elite seventy four that we got. He was in the the yellow gear, but it was the, the same deal. He had the jacket and then he had the removable mask and stuff, yeah. so you could recreate it like that. But yeah, I uh, I love that entrance. That entrance was so dope. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm gonna go with a guy. He's uh you know a little bit disgraced, depending on on what you believe, but. This would have been such a great figure, and it's a shame we never got it. When Velveteen Dream uh, kind of cosplayed as Hollywood Hulk Hogan yeah. at uh, TakeOver, I think that, that would have made awesome. it just, just an excellent figure. Um, obviously, I don't think we're ever going to get that. I don't know if no. Velveteen Dream's ever even going to come back and wrestle anywhere, but but great choices. So hopefully, you know, Sheena's obviously, she's already, you know, ordered the <laughs> tombstone and, you know, yep. paid her final respects <laughs> and stuff. It's, I think a, very, me and Mark, it's a buried alive match for me. Yeah. I think uh, me and Marco are both kind of in wait and see mode. I'm, you know, after seeing, I, w- I was in the same boat as Sheena until I saw TakeOver on, t- or until I saw NXT on Tuesday. And I thought, well, you know, maybe this is all overblown and it won't end up being that big a deal. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks if all this stuff comes to pass. It's, it's going to be very sad. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a loss for wrestling fans everywhere if, uh, if NXT as we know it, uh, no longer exists. Uh, you guys ready to hear from Turnbuckle Tavern? Yep. Of course. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right. It is time for the second week of our Royal Rumble segment. So this is where I'm going to give Sheena and Marco a kind of rapid fire list of topics. And they have to uh, they have 30 seconds to give us their take. So Sheena, you're up first this week. You ready to start? Let's go. All right. Randy Orton's back. He made his big return on Monday Night Raw and actually finished the show by RKOing uh, Matt Riddle. But for some strange reason, that kind of means that they're back together. So I'm going to ask you right now, <laughs> will RK Bro win the Raw Tag Team Championship at SummerSlam? Yes, I think they're going to win the tag team championships i you know i mean randy orton has his championship stash on right now so i feel like you know that that's only that only means good things for SummerSlam. um also i really want to see them win the tag team championships but this has been going on since like april uh it really needs to pay off and i feel like it would just only lead to an awesome tag team split up and hopefully a push for matt riddle to go on because he's so over right now all right I uh, I tend to agree. I think that's how it's got to happen. I don't know what else AJ and Almas can do. AJ's kind of done what he can to get this dude over, but I think it's time to see the big man go off on his own. All right, Marco, you're up next. You ready? Sure thing. All right. AEW Rampage debuts this week. Give the doubters a reason to watch live wrestling at 10 p.m. Eastern on a Friday night. Oh, man. Um, if, if there's one thing, uh, no Jim Ross, cause it's a new, uh, oh, <laughs> commentary team. I'm man. joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. Marco <laughs> Conan with the haymaker. <laughs> Sorry, Chads. Um, no, uh, <laughs> That's a slobber knocker. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I was joking. All new, well, all new commentary team. I think there's only one reason, uh, that you should watch Rampage at 10. And that's watching Britt Baker main event against Red Velvet. Yeah. 
What, what, what more could you ask for? Mm, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Are you are you hyped for that, Sheen? Is, mean, will you tune in? Because that match has got to be. It's is it an hour show or a two hour show? That I, I, don't, don't know. I don't even. I don't even know that. I should tell you how interesting. So let's I'm say in. I'm. I'm thinking yeah. it's a two hour. Uh, maybe There's it's an no hour way show. It's going let's to say, I think it's an hour. Let's give them the benefit. It's an hour. Sheena, think about think about how you typically feel around that time of night at ten forty five p.m. on a Friday. Are you staying awake to watch Red Velvet and Britt Baker? No, yeah, <laughs> I am not. Not happening. All right, Sheen, you're back up. Okay. Max Caster has reportedly been suspended oh from AEW for his uh, controversial freestyle he dropped on Dark a couple weeks ago. Was it deserved or not? Yeah, I mean, in this in this climate, um, you know, granted, I think all the things he said were just like, I, I feel like he was just doing a little bit too much. I mean, he brought up, you know, the uh, the lacrosse thing from like 2016 uh, talked about Julia Hart's uh, private parts. He hit on Simone Biles mental health. And then, you know, he, he did a freaking haymaker on the, the PCR test. So yeah, he, he should have known that he was going to get some punishment. Um, and I feel like it's definitely deserved. I thought, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit overboard. I I feel like AEW was just being a little bit reactionary. They, ha- they have to though. I mean, you you. I mean, yeah. they can't not do it. Like that's the thing. I, I mean, granted, I'm not easily offended. You know, I don't. I don't think the lacrosse thing was very. I, I thought that was in poor taste. And you know, the other stuff was like whatever. I mean, the Simone Biles thing that was topical. Um, and I'm sure Julia Hart. I don't know if he like ran that by her before he said that, but I feel like they can't not do something about it because of the cult, like the, the way the society is right now, everybody's offended by everything. So yeah, if you don't I do mean, something like, it's like, Oh, so they, they agree with, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I get it. I feel like if they wouldn't have, at the end of the day, it's a max caster freestyle that was on dark. I feel like if they wouldn't have done anything, it would have blown over in a couple of days, you know, yeah, it, 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 and, they definitely didn't care because that was a tape show and, and they, they still aired, aired it, it yeah, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's cut now. Like if you go back and watch the the thing, um, it's, right. it's not on the, on there anymore, but yeah, he, but he, over, he removed all the AEW stuff from his like Twitter bio and stuff. Yeah, I'd be I mean, pissed too. Cause it's like, Oh, you guys co-signed it. And then you aren't gonna, I mean, I guarantee you again, I don't want to try to kill this segment. These are supposed to be 30 second takes, but um, I got to get this one out. I guarantee you, somebody backstage AEW has been telling Max Cash, like, dude, go for it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's where the money's at, pushing it right to the edge of right. what people think you might say, you know? Um, and I didn't think anything he said was really that bad, you know? And at the end of the day, he's a heel, you know? He's supposed yeah. to be getting heat, but either way, let's move on. Uh, we'll, again, sometimes we just love wrestling, you know? That's why sometimes this segment's going to, uh, we're going to break the gimmick a few <laughs> times. But uh, we'll get back to it. Marco, you're up next. We had the very entertaining uh, part of Tuesday night. We're seeing uh, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis go on their date. Give us your take on, uh, you know, on that skit and the index romance in general. Um, so I'm one of the people that were just like, eh, really didn't, you know, care for it at first. Uh, but after seeing this uh, skit that they had last night, I thought it was pretty funny um, with Candace and, you know, Johnny act, acting like the parents of uh, Indy, you know, at the beginning, uh, Johnny going, you know, you, you better have it back at this time of night and all this stuff. And then them trying to, you know, stop the actual date from happening or intervening in the date is pretty funny. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So you're rooting for uh, Index to, to pan out and be, be a long-term relationship? Oh, of course. Yeah, love always wins. <laughs> all right, Shane, you got the last one. I'm very interested to hear your take on this one. Okay. 
boneless or bone in? Discuss. <laughs> so I'm assuming we're talking about wings. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, uh, boneless wings. I, I can eat them. I like them. Um, if I'm going, if I have to just choose one to go on a desert island, I'm going to go bone in. Everybody knows the bone is where the good, the goodness is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, all the all the juice comes from the bone. Wow! <laughs> and uh, it's I just feel like when you're when you're boneless, sometimes they put a little bit too much breading on there, and it just kind of kills the the uh, you know the breast meat. And uh, you know, boneless wings are typically made out of white breast meat. Bone in wings are the dark meat. So dark meat, baby. I really feel like they should. You know, it's 2021. Like we got billionaires sending rockets to the moon and shit. There's all rockets. kinds of crazy stuff you can do. Like. Why can't we get true boneless wings, you know? What's so hard about that? Because really the boneless wings we're eating right now are freaking chicken nuggets. Yeah, exactly. Why can't yeah. they just like debone the like you get it like you get a boneless, skinless thigh? You should just be able to get boneless wings. Like just debone the de-bone wing it and, and then give me the wing. What's meat. Left. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I don't know why we what yeah, we as a society, I don't know why we've accepted chicken nuggets chicken as being nuggets called is boneless, boneless wings, wings. man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I will eat them, but I'm not. I'm not like I'm not calling those wings. They're not wings. They're chicken nuggets. You know. Exactly. All right, let's drink to that. All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break, where we let you guys know what we're sipping on while we record the show. Sheena, what are you drinking this week? Okay, so I am drinking an Aslan Tokyo Smoke. It is a Ooh. Tokyo Smoke India Pale Ale. I didn't really do a lot of research on this, Seth. I know you drank one earlier in the week, so if you have anything you want to add, it's really good. Um, but yeah, it's I pretty don't... good. It's kind of uh, so they're from Aslan. Uh, is it Aslan Brewing Company? What's the exact yeah. name on that, Shane? Yeah, it's um, Aslan Aslan Beer Company, and they're out of yeah. uh, Alexandria and Herndon, Virginia. So they're they're pretty local to us. A little yeah, bit north. It's a it's an IPA, and then it gets just a uh, just like, kind of like a little kiss of liquid smoke at the end to just throw it throw something a little bit. Different. I really didn't get much of the smoke flavor when mm-hmm. I drank it, but it was still a nice, good, crisp IPA. Um, yeah, so very crisp. The, yeah, and I'm a big fan of, I've had a few of uh, Aslan's offerings at this point. I'm a big fan of uh, the stuff that they've had. So if you get a chance to uh, pick up something from them, I think I, I, they're at the point with me where I'll trust pretty much anything that they drop and I'll yeah. at least uh, buy a six the pack can, The can it. almost looks like a Japanese like Coke or something. You know, it's got like a huh. big red label on it and it's got like the way the, the letters are. It's kind of like those cursive Coca-Cola letters. So yeah, a very pretty, very pretty can. Marco, what are you drinking? I am sipping on uh, Mayflower Brewing Company, Love and Wrestling, double dry of hopped. Of course, double dry hopped uh, New England double IPA, uh, right, made right, right here in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. So right where uh, right where the Plymouth Rock is. No, I'm not sure if it's actually right there, but um, just to give you an, an idea of where Plymouth, Massachusetts is, is with where Plymouth Rock. So not only do you get wrestling news, you get. History, uh, lesson. history, history <laughs> lessons as well from, uh, from the Chick Foley show. But yeah, I, I love this bear. Um, this one's definitely close to the uh, to the dream team um, that you guys both tasted. So nice. I mean, it's not, it's not as good. It's close to it, but I enjoy it. If you guys nice. get any like specialized like Halloween, like Salem Witch Trial limited beers or anything up there, I need you to like, you know, start collecting those for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Out, you know, Halloween stuff's already hitting the shelves, you know, in uh, yep. August. So be on the lookout for your girl. Of course. 
I'm drinking a Bitburger Rattler. So this is an import. It's from uh, Germany, and it's a shandy. It's uh, you know half lemonade, half beer. Very refreshing. Pretty uh, you know I enjoy it. And as a bonus, I think I kind of I think I got one over on our my local Total Wine because um, they rang it up and I got a four pack for a dollar ninety seven. So I think maybe yeah. something was wrong what? in their system and they uh, I think they charged me for like a single beer. You know they have like the the custom like six packs or whatever. I think I got charged for that instead of the actual, the actual pack I got. And, you know, I wasn't as honest as I could have been. I just kind of, I, I give them enough business also. So I wasn't really sweating it. So yeah, we've literally wiped out their, uh, their, uh, broken school IPA section like several times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So hopefully nobody from total wine and uh, Norfolk's listen. If they are, I'll, uh, I'll toss you guys a $10 bill next time I'm in there. Check out the pyramid wrestling podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, so we will start off the figure four by talking about the latest with the New Generation Ring Project. So... As we went on the air last week, um, they had just announced that day about the Macho Man uh, WrestleMania 10 slash announcer figure coming with it with the announcer set. We are currently setting at 2,766 baggers. So it's at 55% funded. There's still two days left to go. Well, this is Wednesday night, um, August 11th, as we record this. There's still two days left on the early bird special for Macho Man. We need an additional... 2,234 people to pledge uh, or to back this in the next 10 days, man. Um, Sheen, I'll kick it to you first. What could they do to entice more backers? I think I said this last week. I think they just need to just go ahead and cut their losses on the stretch goals and just add everything into the freaking bucket. You know, just yeah. give us yeah. give us the doink, give us the the macho man, give us the um, ring skirts, all of that. Just tell them at two fifty, this is what you're getting, um, and try to get it to that five thousand. Yeah. Because otherwise, I don't see it inching up. Because especially after that early bird special goes away i think people are just gonna be like eh well whatever you know it gave so. it a boost but yeah it's already that boost is kind of run out of steam I, I agree i think yeah i think when it hits one week announce that give us a week where it's going all in and uh we can get it you know there's that or they could always extend the window also maybe maybe extend the window another two weeks we could get to it they're definitely committed to it. They're push. They are pushing it harder. I think they yeah. could do more. Maybe, maybe get a commercial on Raw or something like that. You know, um, that's the thing. You know, well, and um, you know, Steve Ozer, uh, Action Figure Attack. He's been making the the podcast rounds and stuff. You know, he's he's talked to our buddy. He has. Uh, Tom, you know, doing the turnbuckle sessions, and I just feel like uh, well, he, he was on fully posable. And, as well. Yeah, he was on fully posable as well. So make sure you definitely go listen to those uh, because yeah, he he does go and kind of give all the ins and outs of the uh, the new gen arena, new gen arena and stuff. But yeah, I just feel like again, it was just kind of doomed from the start. I, I think they really they really crapped the bed whenever they announced it at uh, SDCC weekend. I feel like it just was just bad, bad timing because everybody's wallets were already tied up and everything else. And when something like that gets a slow start, it's really, really, really hard to pick up steam after the fact. Yeah, we talked about that last week. It's just, it's really based on momentum. Um, Marco, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Is this thing going to end up getting funded? 
Oh, don't make me, don't make me answer this. <laughs> All the figure um, marks are going to come for your head if you say yeah, the wrong know, answer. Right? Um, obviously, we want this to be backed. We want this to happen. Um, will it happen? I'm going to say pro- uh, probably not. Mm. Um, I don't want to give it a, a, a no. Yeah. But I'm going to say probably not. Only because uh, we talked about this before. It was a rollout. How, how this how this came about. Um, how it was presented. Um, I think that was what I think that's what what the uh, the nail the nail in the coffin was essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe like like Sheena said, maybe at the beginning, or maybe not even do it at SDCC. Maybe wait till after. Exactly. Maybe we said it before. should just be like a. It should have just been like a fall thing, like you know, a fall right? thing, like, maybe you know, Black Friday, season. like just announce it and then. Because I mean, what would have been the big? What would have been the big deal? Waiting two, three months to announce it, you know? Um, I just feel like, you know, I think that Macho Man figure came a little too late. Maybe Mm -hmm. announce that at the beginning with Diesel, with the, so you have the set, you have the ring, you have the announce table, you have Macho Man. Maybe that might've helped it out a little bit. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's, I mean, obviously you put me on the spot to say it's, not going to happen so i don't think it's going to happen but yeah. hopefully I, it does I, happen i hope it does, does happen um i i have to sadly i have to agree at this point at the at the speed that it's going i don't feel like it's going to yeah i don't feel like it's going to make it dude um i know i know i'm in the major brothers group and i know they they push it really hard play, and, yeah. you know i, I mean we, feel- we try ourselves too i i do it on i did on i'm on twitter you know posts and stuff as well like yeah. you know uh, even uh kevin ash came out and actually yeah, he tweeted about it, so maybe that'll that'll help. But I mean, I mean, that, we want it to work, but yeah, we were said, talking about how was, we hope uh, Ringside just comes through and like backs the rest of them and then sells them on you know <laughs> well, the, on the site. The other thing too, like there was a lot of pre-orders that happened. Like we we talked about this SDCC, literally think everything that they announced at their at the Mattel, people were tapped out. They, yeah, they announced like literally everything that they announced is was up for pre-order. People were at, tapped out. So here's here's side. where they screwed up, you know, because once you've opened your wallet that much, you know, the the money's loose and it's flowing. But yeah. where but where Mattel screwed up is that they were charging people right off the bat. So had they announced it at SDCC and everybody was like, "Well, shit, I've already spent a thousand dollars. Like, what's two hundred and fifty more?" Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if they would have just not taking the money right away, it would have given people a little bit more motivation to go ahead yeah. and just like commit to it. Um, yeah, and being like, you know what, least. like I'm going to go ahead and commit to this now. I won't have to pay until, you know, September or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be fine. Um, but the fact that they scooped the money out right away, I think that kind of spooked people. And we're like, eh, do I really want to, yeah. you know, invest in this and not, I mean, and not even know whether it's going to get funded and not know, you know, not know when this thing is going to actually be in my possession. So, exactly, you know, in the future, again, I'm, you know, I'm not telling Mattel how to run their business or anything, but I feel like it would definitely be a better crowdfunding idea if they don't charge people right away. You're going to get a lot more interest. Yeah, right. I get uh, I get one to announce it at Comic-Con because there's just so many extra eyeballs on, uh, you know, the line and everything then. But there was no reason that you had to also start the backing that weekend. Also, you could have announced it on Comic Con and spent a month hyping it up, educating people on exactly how crowdfunding works and stuff. Yep. Yeah, and then and then you know SummerSlam weekend just happens to be a month after Comic Con. Kick it off at SummerSlam weekend. You know that Friday. Hey, this is when we're going live, and you guys got thirty days to back this thing. It's just, and, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm also gonna say this too. Sour grapes. Uh, they started the weekend off with 
Mattel that weekend off with Mattel Creations <laughs> with the Sergeant Slaughter thing. Yeah, and a, lot a lot of, of people you know, pissed a lot, off. A lot of people got you know pissed off that they didn't get one. So that you sound like you, you know, know something about that, Marco. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm over it. But there are people. <laughs> Sounds out like there still that, an open wound. Yeah, I'm just saying this is like that that happening at the beginning of all this. Yeah, probably didn't help out the. Yeah, probably didn't take you know didn't helped out this uh this crowdfunding project. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But like I said, it, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, pretty grim for the. Much like NXT. Yeah. I think. Uh, bringing it back down. Bringing the show back <laughs> yeah. down. You guys are boomers tonight, man. Well, uh, we'll move on to somebody who's probably the exact opposite of anything new generation. Nick Gage, the oh, king yes. of the death match, the leader of the murder death kill gang. He oh, has been added to Zombie Sailor's heels and faces line. He's going to be getting his first ever figure. This is obviously really, really cool. Uh, Sheena's already been talking about she wants to get a uh, pizza cutter accessory with it. I can't wait. Um, Marco, yeah. I'm going to throw it over to you, man. So obviously we know Nick Gage made his Dynamite debut a couple weeks ago fighting Chris Jericho. Do you want to see Jazzwares do a Nick Gage figure or would you rather get your uh, your 19th Cody? I mean, obviously the 19th Cody is where it's at. Chill. Shana, oh, like, set this guy straight, man. No. <laughs> Tell him how many Nick Gage. Yeah, we I'm, want I'm our joking, unrivaled, our unmatched Nick Gage figure. Yeah. yeah. All, all With all the fixings. Pizza yeah. cutter. We, need, we need like a little... Like. Yeah, 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 articulated pizza cutter. We need the light <laughs> tubes that, you know, you can somehow shatter and reassemble. Um, little blood packets, all that. Maybe um, maybe a, uh, you know... The, some uh, bank robber accessories, everything you need for uh, yeah to make a to make an accurate Nick Gage. Yeah, no, I, a bloody uh, alternate uh, head sculpt. Oh yeah, it'd be sick. Yeah, and no, I'm definitely excited about uh, Nick Gage. Like, I think I said this on last week's show. He 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 had the week. I mean, I'm not saying he's a household name yet, but uh, he. I mean, he's out there. His name. I mean, he he had quite the he's week. Definitely the hottest thing in wrestling dude, right now. I think Nick yeah. Gage is the best babyface in the business, man. He is, I mean, dude. He's got the one thing that you can't you can't buy, you can't manufacture it. He is authentic, and that yeah. always resonates. Whether it's whether it's music, wrestling, sports, whatever. Like that is the one thing that it just comes through over and over, and it gets a connection with the people, man. I freaking love, love Nick genuine. Gage. Yeah, yes. people love genuine because uh, I mean, if you want, I mean, the the dark side of the ring obviously set it off. I mean, obviously, he was like yeah. he was a name already before Dark Side of the Ring. But I think now, it made him more mainstream. He was yeah, very, it, very niche before you, Dark you Side know, of the Ring. It, I mean, if you grew up in certain parts of you know wherever you live, like the we'll say like the rough parts, you probably ran into somebody or know somebody much like uh, yeah. Nick Gage. Um, uh, and you know, I think that and he's relatable in that sense. Like, I know a guy that actually. Did the stuff he did in his personal life? And you know, stuff a bunch like of that. bank so, robbers, Marco. Yeah, a bunch of <laughs> bank robbers, and you know, guys that stab people with, uh, yeah, with um, fluorescent tubes and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm excited for him. I'm actually really happy, and I'm going to buy it because I don't want him uh, coming after me. Because he, if you see that video, the promo that he did for his figure, did you guys get to watch that? Yeah, very dope. Yeah, he, he pretty much threatened you. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna pre-order this because I don't want him uh finding where I live and slicing me over with a pizza cutter. So I will definitely be pre-ordering. <laughs> if you if you if you hear this, Nick Gage, um, or any fans of Nick Gage are listening, I am definitely pre-ordering yeah. uh yeah. your figure. 
Yeah, the Chick Fil A <laughs> show. We're we're cool with the MDK gang all day. Um, I did make a very very rare figure error last week when we paid our respects to beautiful Bobby Eaton. Um, I asked you guys to give me the best Bobby Eaton figure ever, and we only went back and forth between his uh, pint size All Star and his Jack's Classic Superstars. If you guys yeah. go to the the group chat on Instagram. I just sent you guys a screenshot. I forgot that in his very short-lived Blue Bloods gimmick, where he basically became, uh, you know, like William Regal Light, a, uh, you know, a sophisticated English gentleman. He had a figure made in oh, a tag yeah. team set with original wow. San Francisco toy makers. Who, um, who corrected you? Did somebody send you a? No, I just thought about it, man. I literally just realized it. I when it, it was when I was going over so. Um, I was putting together the notes for this week's show and, and uh, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. I, I'm lazy. I never make them from scratch. Wow. I always just go from the last week and start looking at it. And I was going through the figure segment. I saw about the Bobby Eaton and I was like, dude, you know what? I think he had a Blue Bloods figure. And then sure shit, Blue I looked Bloods. it up. This was this set was towards the end of um, this style of figures, kind of like the LJN style of figures that original San Francisco toy makers was doing. So this is actually one of the harder to get um, WCW sets there from the mid nineties. But but yeah, there's Bobby Eaton, the guy wow. from Huntsville, Alabama, dressed up Dang. like you know, a British squire. And yeah. the figure's kind of weirdly out of scale, also. You know, that William yeah. Regal looks like Titanic compared he's to giant. him. Yeah. Um, and he's jacked, too. But it is a cool set. And, you know, it's kind of funny that William Regal's like in his in ring gear and they got Bobby Eaton in the entrance gear and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. did leave that one out. I don't think, I think we're all in agreement that the, yeah. the Jack's Midnight the Jack's Express is figure is still the best. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still going to ask you guys to uh, do how many Marcos. Um, our our regular listeners know that we have a segment where we do how many chicks. Um, they're one to five. Um, for the crypto fans out there, you know you always got to be up on your your exchange rates. So so one chick is equal to two Marcos, which means for Marcos we'll go one through ten. So uh, Marco, we'll let you kick it off, man. How many Marcos do you give the Blue Bloods Bobby Eaton figure? Oh man, this is actually actually I'm. I'm I mean, I'm a fan of LJN style figures anyway, so I'm kind of like biased towards this um, already just looking at it. Um, I don't like that. It's a, like you said, it's a smaller scale, but I mean, you know, it's not, not a huge deal breaker. Let's see. What's that? What's the highest we could give uh, for Marcos? Ten. Is it as equal? Ten. Yeah, it's one ten. to ten. Hmm. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight, eight and a half. We'll go eight wow. and a half for this because I, I I like the entrance gear. I like the detailing on it, and I like the packaging. How it says realistic detailing and awesome, awesome wrestling, wrestling stance. Stance. Yeah, <laughs> I love these San Francisco toy makers figures. I think this is gonna be one of the one of the next collections I go after. Man, I, I was these guys had a ton of playability. Man, I, I really love the entire line. So I got a soft spot for these. Um, I, I really did not care for the Blue Bloods. I thought Bobby Eaton was so much better in the Midnight Express. I, I think, you know, pretty much any Bobby Eaton fan would agree. This was a low point in his career, but it is a memorable figure. Um, I'll go seven. I'm going to knock it off just for the gimmick being kind of lame and him being out yeah. of scale, but I do still like the figure. Sheena, how about you? How many Marcos you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give it five. I was... Wow. <laughs> Sheena is, Gina is just doom and gloom <laughs> this doom, episode, doom man. Tonight. Yeah, right. the power of negativity. Why you wouldn't care to elaborate, or is just a <laughs> no? 
I, again, Jeez. like just like you guys said, it's it's a little bit out of scale. Um, I don't really have any sentimental, um, like I don't have any sentimental value on the San Francisco mm. Toy Makers figures. Um, they're cool. I love I love the carded figures. Again, you know, it, they, they definitely are nostalgic, but I just personally am like, eh, meh, whatever. All right, fair enough. Um, we'll move on to weekly purchases. So. Uh, this is going to drop Friday morning, but it's actually Wednesday night as we record this just due to some, uh, you know, some real world events that we have going on. That's not going to let us record on our normal Thursday timeline. Uh, so that being the case, you know, we just recorded Friday night. I have actually zero purchases in the last four days. I don't know how I think it's happened before, but I think it's only happened once before that, uh, we didn't have any weekly purchases. So, so Marco, it's all you, man. What have you added to the collection in the last few days? Um, just the uh, AEW match uh, series I got in. Um, I think it spoke. I think I got it like after we uh, after we did the show last week. So I wasn't. Yeah, able I think to LJ and Cody was the only one you had last week. Yeah, nah, that was from from you. But yeah, definitely got that. So um, we talked about this about the about uh, Mero having no chest hair. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal um, out of the package, but yeah, it actually. Kind of kills takes it, away man. from it. Yeah, it kills it. Does kills have long it. arms. And he has small hands, which is kind of weird, too. Did you, did you notice that? Like the hands that are... Yeah. He's just, harder to crush you with. That is just off, man. I love Jazzwares <laughs> for the most part. They've knocked out of the park, but... There's there's already in the short time that line's been around, there's definitely, you know, been a few head scratchers where you're just like, What happened with this one? And <laughs> and I think Miro's yeah. kind of right up there at the top of the list. Yeah, it's like uh awesome powers would say, small hands. That's what it, first thing I thought <laughs> when I looked at the hands, I was like, Wow, these hands are really tiny. And the arms are long, and there's no chest there. I was like, What? But yeah, no, I, I like the figure. It, it, you know, the, the the head scan captures his his intensity and stuff like that too. Uh, definitely love the Darby. Um, with oh, the, uh, with, that Darby with the, is sick with the body paint and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, incredible. It's everything about thought, that figure is beautiful. Him and the the Kenny Omega. I think that was my. Oh, two the Kenny Omega figures. is amazing. Yeah, they, it's yeah. They, I think someone did it. I forget. It was on. A, I forget what Instagram page I was looking at. They did a good, better, best with the Kenny Omega figures, and that one definitely is by far the best Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's figure what I said too. I, th- I think that's right the now. best one we've gotten so far. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty much it for my. Uh, purchases. I was at a new house. There's not many packages fully <laughs> just yet. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, so I actually discovered the random merch for this week. Um, We rarely go down 
the cards rabbit hole because there's just a whole entire culture and you know language and everything that you can yeah, get I'm into when it comes to collecting cards. That. But uh, we did come across one that was very unique. So I'm not sure if something like this could even exist nowadays with the the social climate. Not to mention that you know there's a global pandemic. But we're looking at <laughs> on eBay right now. It's very the Nikki, of the time. Yeah, the Nikki Bella 2016 Tops Authentic Kiss card. So what this is, it's it's a trading card that actually has, uh, you know, from what I can tell, the the wrestler actually kissed it, and it has their like lipstick print on the uh, on the card. You know, there's a picture yeah. of Nikki on the left side, and it's funny this this card came out in 2016, but this looks like Nikki Bella from like 2013, 2012 on the picture and then yeah sure shit there's a, a white square with some, some pink lips on there um marco you, you know <laughs> give me your thoughts man what can you tell us about the kiss cards we <laughs> go to me first you can't go to sheen about the kiss card Jeez. <laughs> um but yeah though there's i mean there was just looking at uh looking at the other there's some other ones too i think dana brooke had one um eva marie also had a kiss card as well even marie has one yeah oh, interesting boy. too oh boy um so um, I think it's yeah, 2016. So it seems like it's the same, um, maybe the same set or whatever. But I mean, I mean, it's not bad. I think. Can you imagine uh, like Sasha Banks doing a kiss card? Oh, it'd be it'd be a lot of money, of course. Or like, and I was actually speaking of Sasha Banks. I actually, I forgot. I bought a pack of. Uh, it was way back. I forget what media was. It was some NXT cards. Um, so I actually have a uh, like a rookie uh, Sasha Banks card. When she has like her original gear and everything, which before before the boss and everything. So yeah, that was just like a side note, nice. whatever. But yeah, it seems like uh, I mean, I probably I mean this is this is up for bid, so I probably wouldn't. Ninety bid on it bucks, all, man. 90 Zero bucks. bids. So I, yeah. I don't know what these typically go for. That seems. This I don't know if that's steep or not. This it's not PSA graded or anything. So. Um, I don't even know how you would go about even grading something like this. I don't know. To me, I'm not even really super sensitive to this kind of thing. This seems like kind of demeaning you know what i mean a freaking kiss card like i don't know yeah. just, i feel like this is something from like the attitude era not something that would have been around in 2016 sheen what about you you're the you're the the female perspective on the show what do you think of the kiss cards yeah like you said it's just a little bit demeaning definitely i mean it goes right along with the the butterfly title you know like it, it goes hand in hand with that i just feel like it's just very like it feels very attitude era like you said just like leaving the lip prints um I don't know. Just very. It's hooker, funny because remember it was in uh, March of 2016. That's when they they retired Divas. Remember when they yeah. introduced the new women's championship? Mm-hmm. And this was maybe this set came out early 2016, or maybe it was already production. And Tops was just like, "Dude, what the fuck, man? Like, we had this whole Divas <laughs> we had this line whole of cards kiss card deal out. thing coming out." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean it's whatever. Again, I'm not easily offended. It's not like it's offensive to me. I just think it's kind of lame and just like you yeah. know, especially someone. I mean, I know Nikki Bella and uh, Brie Bella have been in some like questionable storylines and stuff. I'm you know I'm not trying to say like this is the low point of their career or anything, but I just feel like. That just goes to show you how, you know, I'm talking about my favorite NXT matches, Bailey and Sasha from Brooklyn, um, you know, how, how far we've come in the in the women's revolution. So I'm, I'm glad we're past the kiss card era. Plus, yeah, I mean, Nikki ended up being a badass in the ring, dude. I, I, oh, love, I love Nikki's the matches there. Like her want. last two years in the ring, Nikki got really, really good. I will go on record as saying I love the Bellas. I know Breeze had some epic botches or whatever, but the Bella Twins, like, they were they were definitely freaking trailblazers. And I feel like they just really, like, they 
they just unfortunately got kind of mixed in that middle ground right before the women's revolution. So they always got lumped in with like all of the divas and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm on record. I, I love the Bella twins. Yeah. I kind of thought, uh, I kind of thought Brie was garbage, but I thought Nikki was pretty good. Brie was just, she was so bad in the ring. She's like, a good companion. I think, yeah, I think she's a, I she's a good was, companion piece for, for Nikki. I feel like yeah, character work was great. I thought she, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. I thought she was awesome as a, uh, you know, as, uh, as like a manager type or, you know, escort or whatever for, for uh for nikki but i got the sold listings pulled up you guys ready for this so it looks like 2016 was the last year how weird is this there was a bailey kiss card oh wow i was gonna say like i said how would you imagine sasha doing that like yeah this is when bailey was working the uh you know like just like the ultimate almost like a little kid gimmick you know she was just like a wrestling fan or whatever was her whole thing yeah, so hers sold for a hundred bucks. This is, these wow. are all like sold listings this month. Alexa sold for one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Sasha Banks has one, so there is a Sasha. These are ninety-nine. There were ninety-nine each of these, so these are pretty rare pieces of merchandise. Um, Sasha sold for two hundred and one dollars. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it looks like TNA did some of these as recently as 2019. See, that sounds like a very, wrestlers. yeah, TNA. I could solely see like the TNA, like whatever. What do they call the knockouts? I can see them yeah. Doing, yeah. doing that. Bree sold for 51. Um, yeah, pretty wild. So, I did, yeah, Kiss Cards. Yeah, there's definitely a market for them. I mean, they're selling for, for pretty decent money. You can get a All 2012 right, well, line uh, up for your Chick-fil-A Kiss Alicia Cards. Fox one. <laughs> Patreonic, oh Patreon exclusive. Yo, I'm about to blow you guys' minds. 2015 Page Kiss Card, $610. That's a sold Holy listing. That's on an auction. Oh wow. my gosh! All right, you know, I'm I'm down the rabbit hole now. I think I think our listeners will be pretty interested in this. Let me look on highest price. So the highest one that sold was a uh, a 2016. So another Sasha Banks one. This one comes with certificate of authenticity. It went for six hundred and eighty-five bucks. That is wow. insane! Yeah. Wow. So Sasha and Paige—that's the two most popular. There is an Eva Marie. Eva Marie sold for three fifteen, and there's an AJ Lee. Oh my God! They got age and off. Okay, I'll stop. Just go to eBay, search WWE Kiss Card. This is. This is crazy, man. Dude, we'll throw I some links imagine, up in the notes. I just imagine like all the Sheldons out there are like buying these kiss cards so that they can build their own Sasha Banks, like with the DNA. <laughs> you know, like they're using like, you know, to build their own Sasha Banks or their own Asuka out of the it's uh strange. The, to replicate the <laughs> replicate the DNA. Yeah. All yeah. right. So we'll have a we'll have a link to the uh the Nikki Bella kiss card along with um with all the rest of the show partners that you've heard us mention so far tonight. Uh, Sheena, we got some listener mail. Oh yeah. All right. Sam Rosenthal. He asks us, what is your favorite wrestling city? It's been brought up a ton lately in the history of cities and which is the loudest. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss it to Marco first. Marco, what is your favorite wrestling city? Um, I'm going to go with Chicago. They're always the, uh, they're yeah. always either super amped. Um, I don't want to say they're negative, but you know they they're going to give you the reaction that you need. They're a raucous crowd. Yeah, wh- whether you're hail face doesn't matter. You're going to get some type of reaction out of out of Chicago. All right, Seth. 
Um, so in general, I would say whatever city I'm in, cause that means I get to go to the show. But <laughs> if we're talking, I'm watching on TV, I got a, I got an echo Marco Chicago all the way. They were there. Uh, they were the crowd that executed the, the double turn for Bret Hart and Steve yeah. Austin. So yeah, they usually bring the energy and it's usually a smart crowd. So, you know, they kind of know how to react to, to really make the show the, as good as possible. Yeah, uh, I guess, you know, like MSG, you know, I think that their crowd's always awesome. It's just like a very uh, well, well-rounded, well historied uh, wrestling crowd. So, yeah, um, it's not just a church, to, but it's holy ground. Yeah, just to just to veer away from Chicago a little bit. Actually, you know what? I, I take that back. My favorite wrestling city is Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm lying. No, Pittsburgh is, is the shits. Um, Shitsburg. It's Shitsburg, yeah. If, uh, if the... Uh, you were going to give the United States an enema, you would stick the hose right there. Um, sorry to all of Pittsburgh's listeners. I'm just kidding. Rob Regino I'm says, not. since SummerSlam is coming up and we all know Brett is Mr. SummerSlam, what is your personal favorite Bret Hart SummerSlam match? And he says, mm. he also adds, you guys are the best. We love you, Rob. Thank you. All right. So I have two uh, Bret Hart uh, SummerSlam matches. No, I don't. Do I'm not going to. I'm just saying okay. that earlier in the show I mentioned that I had two from SummerSlam okay. um, in my top. So it's a very good, very good question. I would say the SummerSlam 94 <sighs> Bret Hart versus Owen yeah. Hart in the steel cage. That was, I want to say that was the first WWE match in something like five years to get, uh, or no, excuse me. That was the first WWE steel cage match ever to get five stars from uh, Dave Meltzer and the observer. So, you know, for what it's worth, that just that just goes to show you how great of a match it was. So yeah, Brett and Owen, Steel Cage, SummerSlam '94. Yep, Marco. Of course, you have to go. Uh, John Cena tagging with Bret Hart against Alberto Del Rio and Rick <laughs> Um No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Bret Hart and British Bulldog SummerSlam '92. Yeah, definitely. Just a storyline behind it. Um, it's yeah, obviously if you, if you don't know about it, definitely go search it, watch it. It's uh Definitely one of his best matches ever, not just, you know, SummerSlam match. Well, golly, um, I guess I'm going to have to go with maybe Brett and Mr. Perfect, uh, 1991. Yeah, you know, you guys took, obviously you guys took the, the my, my two favorites, but yeah, Brett and Mr. Perfect, 1991, uh, classic match, just freaking two awesome workers in the ring together. Um, so I'm going to go with that one. Um, that was Brett's first singles pay per view match, also. For all you, for all you guys, keeping up with your your quiz questions out there. Um, so let's see. This is from Charlie Messing. He says, "So from what I understand, is the chick and the dude collect different types of figures, keep a lot a later, and sell them off. Are are there any that you guys regret selling?" Or any that became sought after. So, oh yeah. So okay. So he's talking about how we how we manage our collection. So, are there any figures, Seth, that uh, you regret selling, or any that like you know once you sold they became really sought after? There's none that I sold that became really sought after. Like as far as value goes, I've been mm-hmm. pretty smart on that one. Or I wouldn't even say smart. I would just say lucky because sometimes that shit's unpredictable. The only. The only time I ever sold figures and then went back and got them was the New Day Bootio set. So this was the mm-hmm. New Day from WrestleMania 32 and their uh, their black and gold gear. It came in a big Bootio's box. I had those and I sold them. And it was like a year and a half later where I was just, I 
somehow or another that set kind of caught my attention again. I was like, you know what? I think I made a mistake. These belong in my collection. And I went back and grabbed them. That's the only time I can really think of doing that, though. All right. I'm going to give us one more. Randy Smith said, we have tons of tons of messages or tons of listener mail this week. So anything that doesn't get read off this week, I will carry them over until the next week. So make sure you tune in next week if you sent in a question. Um, Randy Smith says, if you could start a podcast about anything else, what would it be? Marco? Oh, um, dang. What would your non-wrestling would- podcast be about? Uh, I think you have to go... I think go conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh, the, uh, that is so funny that you say that. Seth dude, has been I've begging. I've been pushing. So for all the listeners <laughs> out there, you guys need to help me out. I've been pushing Sheena, telling her that her and Marco need to start a Patreon exclusive conspiracy theory series. Like because they're, I know Marco's all into it. Well, Sheena's it. all into it. Like those two can just you know pick up a different conspiracy theory every single week and just you know discuss it, man. Discuss the various <laughs> aspects of it. So. I'm thinking like maybe like, you know, once a month they get on and do that. So if uh, if that I'm appeals down. to you guys, bring it up. Help me out. Help me uh, push these guys to do it because I think uh, <laughs> up, I think everybody would be really interested. On the Facebook yep. group. Yeah, every month you guys could put up a poll of like four different conspiracy theory topics and let the let the Foley fan pick which ones you guys are going to discuss and then, uh, and oh, then record boy. it, man. <laughs> wow. Ooh. What about you, Seth? What would you, uh, what would you choose for your non-wrestling related podcast? Hmm. That's a good one, man. I don't, I would probably, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe music, man. Music's always been a passion of mine. So I I don't know. I can't really fine tune it. Obviously I'd have to narrow it down. Music's a pretty broad topic to just say, yeah, my podcast is going to be about music. So, um, maybe I, I might pick like an individual song that was either like a smash hit or something that just really resonated with me and just do a deep dive on it every week, you know, do all the research on, uh, you know, the meaning behind it, who wrote it, how it came to be recorded and, and all that. I think that could be kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. 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 I have so many that, I mean, you know, that I would like to do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm into so many things. If you guys know me, uh, on a personal level, you know, I'm a very like multifaceted type of person. I have like so many different interests, but, um, I don't know, maybe like I, I would like to start a podcast because one of these days, like one of my goals is to just have a homestead and like a farm and all that. I, w- I want to do like the Liv Morgan and, you know, Bo Dallas route, you know, so I would love to do a podcast on my experience with that, you know, and kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly, the trials, the, you know, the triumphs and uh, kind of walk people through through that process and what it's like. Mm. I don't know how I don't know how that resonates with the with the common wrestling fan <laughs> or there be any crossover audience, but uh, yeah, I think that would be something that would definitely interest me. All right, thanks everybody for all the great questions. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show, and then join our Foley Fam Facebook group at ChickFoleyShow.com. Yeah, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe and review to the show. Make sure you use code CHICKFOLEY to save 10% on ringside. And Marco, as the reigning, defending, undisputed Chick Foley Show prediction champion, you have the closing words for this week. (laughs) I feel like I'm trying to pick one to, uh, to go with our NXT topic. So I have this. Um, Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment. Until it becomes a memory. Mm. 